Reggie the Real Critic Ponder, one of my favorite people. Hello, sir. Welcome hello, back. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Uh, look, Jill, I've been listening to you before I even get into my critic for a minute today. I, I, I feel for you. I, I do really feel for you because you have to report this, the news, and the news in this news cycle is, I mean, my head is spinning. <laughs> it's a lot. It, 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 it really is, and... It's breakneck speed, too. It, it, at, at such breakneck speed, it's unbelievable. And um, our president mentioned, uh, this is not my critic for a minute, but I have to mention this. Oh, sure. did, you see the, did you see the clip where he said, uh, and Parasite won? Why? Why? Parasite? We have enough problems with the South Koreans anyway. Like, Come on, did, man. Uh, really? Now, now, was it good? I mean, I, I, I don't know, but I, I, I mean. It, well, you know, it was no Gone with the Wind, And Reggie. then he said he <laughs> Gone with the Wind. Old, he might as well talk about old Birth movie. of a Nation, you know? <laughs> hey, come, come on, dude. Uh, it, man. He was like Gone with the Wind, and they were like, woo! And then he was like Sunset Boulevard, and they're like, that's a little, that's a little gay for us. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. So, Jill, I just want to say thank you for bringing the news so Reggie Ponder does not have to do it. Oh, man. This stuff is... my. I, I have whiplash, girl. My, <laughs> my neck is hurting from from all of this. Um, man, I, I, I say I always am unhesitant to heap praise on the people reporting the news across the hall because you think this is breakneck. That's like all they they're doing over there. I get to at least talk about Buster Rhymes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hey, I'm I'm just saying. Right? Um, so my critic for a minute is is yes, that I please. had the pleasure of going to Inglewood STEM, which is a new high school on in in Inglewood, and I had the pleasure of going there with some of my Princeton alums to talk to my sister's school because my sister Sharon Ponder. Ballard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to call it Shea P. Now we call it Shea B. You know, and I, every time I do something like this, I, I get so encouraged. Uh, number one, just because of the kids, and to know that they they could use us to come in and talk to them and and do that. But then number two, because of the generous time that the people who came out with me to talk to these young people they they spent their time and 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 it was heartfelt mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't run through the motions say hey well i just do this and this they sat down they talked with these kids and they imparted some knowledge uh i just want to thank all of the alums that came out i really really appreciated it and uh i want to thank my sister again for inviting us out because i think sometimes we get kind of caught up in our day-to-day that we really forget that our real job is to help the ones underneath us and i I do sometimes because i'm just working so much so it was a great different type of day for me yesterday so i want to say kudos and, and give a shout out to uh, inglewood stem high school all right inglewood uh we uh, you know what inglewood's the best i was born in inglewood no yeah inglewood hospital used to be a hospital it was on the corner of 60th and green what's up inglewood okay yeah. all right yeah. oh, 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 my okay. origin story oh, <laughs> I, I didn't know that you were claiming south side jill oh, yeah I didn't know you were claiming South Side, saying you don't even live in Chicago. I mean, like. I live in Logan Square. (laughs) I I don't even call Logan Square Chicago. It's like its own municipality, like Cicero. It it does feel that way sometimes. It really does. You go go to Logan Square, you're like, 
is this is this Chicago? You know, so I, all right, fine, yeah, fine. I I try, you all know, right. six oh six forever. Right. <laughs> so you want to talk some about box office? Today? I do want to talk about box office. You know, I'm gonna uh, grab the golden ring just like Sonic the Hedgehog would do. Uh, this movie is doing really well. <laughs> no, it, it is doing really well. In fact, uh, so well that it, I think it's like the third highest game movie this, that's out there. You know. And I can't remember what the what the the two prior to that. I I, sh- I should know that, but it 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 made a uh, seventy million dollars, and it cost. I, oh, I, I forgot actually. I think it was. Uh, it, it only cost eighty five million to make. And what's really interesting about that deal is mm-hmm. that these movies usually cost a lot more. Yeah. Because when we start talking about the 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 technical aspects of creating these kind of films, I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then what, what happens is that when you look at the credits, there's like 175 people and they're all like animator one, animator two. I mean, you know, yeah. so they're doing all this stuff. So so kudos to to the to the makers of that worldwide. It, it's, it's at 128 million. So it this movie probably will be again, number one, given the movies that are coming out this week. And we'll talk about a little bit about that as yeah. well. What I'll, what I'll say is that. Uh, this January and February, I think, have been fairly slow. Mm. So a, a movie like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, this was the right time for that for that film to come out. So. I uh, think, that, you know, remember when they had the first trailer and the teeth were all weird? People were like, what is happening? And then they went back in and, like, redid all the CGI. And I was like, that sounds expensive. But apparently it was worth it. Apparently, apparently. Appa- apparently, is worth it. And I'm and, happy to see Jim Carrey kind of taking it back to like this kind of slapstick, rubbery-faced comedy that folks my age certainly miss. You know, I I would be here for a Fire Marshal Bill movie anytime if anybody. Fire Marshal Bill, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I just yeah. aged myself terribly. <laughs> so so interesting is that I, I saw an interview with uh, Jim Carrey where. They asked him about uh, coming back, uh, the whole uh, In Living Color thing. And for a while there, there was this talk that everybody was going to come back and do that. I mm-hmm. think that that fell by the wayside oh, and it's dead. That's but bad. I would have loved, loved to have seen all those characters come back uh, just to see if Rosie Perez can. Oh, can man. Still the, you know she can. You know, can, can, can <laughs> you she, know the fly girl still got can, it. Did you see the Super Bowl? Or can, she still, <laughs> can she still get it like that? You know, so um, anyway. Uh, number two at the, at the box office uh, is A Birds of Prey yeah. and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. And what's interesting about, about this film is that it it did not do what people felt it would do. So it's at, at number two. It made about another uh, twenty million dollars. When you look at this movie overall, it's at one hundred and fifty-three million dollars. So it made eighty-eight million dollars uh, internationally. But this film, it costs about eighty-five million dollars to make. These are the movies. These superhero type films, or super villain, excuse me, type films, mm-hmm. are the types of films that you think would do well. And then because it's about all these females, you think that this might work, but I think it might have backfired a little bit mm. on two on two levels. The first is is that the majority of moviegoers to see this film were women, so men didn't 
think that this was one that they would go out and see. And because men watch a lot of superhero, comic book types of things, I think it took a hit there. The other piece is that this was an R-rated movie. So it absolutely took a hit from the younger audience. Mm. I know that the young Jill would have gotten in to see this movie uh, at 13. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, but I figured it but out. Everybody is, it's not everybody's me. not an OG Nobody like you. Nobody looked 35 when they were in seventh grade. Like <laughs> you know? So, so, I, so I'm pretty positive that it took a hit there as well. Right on. Uh, we were talking about this next movie uh, a little earlier. I uh, did not know that this movie was a thing, but I'm from the 80s, so I remember the the, the source material. Yeah, the, the source brain. material here. <laughs> Fantasy Island uh, is getting a horror adaptation. Uh, it was a show in the 70s. It was so Ricardo Montalban. Ricardo Montalban, Hervé Villachez. For people who don't remember, so so there's an island. Uh, you get like flown in on like a puddle jumper or whatever. You pay a bunch of money. Presumably you pay to go to this island and they will make any of your fantasies come true. Now, because it was network television in the late 70s and early 80s, these are fairly G-rated fantasies. Fairly G-rated fantasies. Uh, This was the precursor to... Survivor. Yeah. I mean, these (laughs) people would would come to the island, and a lot of them would be like, ah, my wife just left me. I want to know what a happy life would have been like. And they're like, okay, that's dark. We'll we'll make a happy life happen for you. Oh, I wasted my life pleasing this other person. What would my dream job have been like? We'll make that happen for you, too. And many times what you would find out is that the the fantasy wasn't as great as the fantasy. Yeah. You learn to be happy with the hand that life has dealt you. That dealt you. So this this one is dark. They they get into some deep stuff here, and I actually thought this one might do much better. So what I'm looking forward to is to looking at what happens next week when it comes out. It made about $14 million at the box office, and the reason I'm interested to see what happens next, next week is word of mouth. Sometimes these films that don't look like they're doing all that well, the word of mouth really makes it pick up. And people will say, "Oh man, that that that, that was good." Yeah. So we'll see about we'll see about that too. I, I think that's the same thing for the movie, The Photograph. We didn't get a chance to talk about this one last week yeah. because we talked a lot about the Oscars. Well, I guess there's still even presidential people talking about the Oscars. <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt, maybe. Uh, Did, uh, yeah, you know. But we didn't we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I like this. This this movie has a really interesting premise where they weave. These stories together, they like from the past, from the present. There's a lot of uh, intricate plot lines here, and you know I'm here for the story of black love. There's attractive African American people. I like <laughs> this movie, and so I, I do want to just talk a little, a little bit about the photograph. And black love is one of the things that we don't get to see a lot of. Mm. We just don't get to see a lot of. Yeah. So. In this movie, you have Issa Rae, Lakeith Stansfield, Shante Adams. Uh, she, uh, she was the the real Roxanne. She played in the, yes, the, the real yeah, Roxanne. Yeah, she was great in that. Yalin Noel, uh, Rob Morgan, Little Rail, Chicago, hey, uh, and then uh, Courtney B. Vance. Yeah. And I think just that they picked all the people right. It, That's a great ev- cast. Everything worked on this one. And what what this one is about is that uh, Shante Adams plays this f- a photographer, uh, uh, Christina Ames, and she unexpectedly dies. Her daughter is played by Issa Rae. 
Mm. And so Issa Rae finds this photograph, and now she wants to learn more about her mom and this and that and the other. And and at the same time, Lakeith Stansfield is playing a reporter who's who's tracking down a story. Those two paths collide, and maybe a love mm. relationship might be there. But then we, so we're almost in these two universes yeah. in, in a way, because we go back to see what happens to her mother, and then we're also watching the relationship that happens to her. And what I like about this is that this is not just a straight boy meets girl narrative. Yeah. The journey, like I said, these journeys collide, and it both of these stories are, are really interesting. And there are two love stories here. There's the love story. You'll find a love story with the mom, and then you'll find a love story there. And can I say, hmm. could I please just say black love looks good on the big screen? It really does. It, and it's it's not that kind of, like, struggle love that Tyler Perry's always oh, trying to get us just, to subscribe you, to. See, you don't even need me. <laughs> I think it's, you just need you and Matt. You, just you and Matt. <laughs> no. Because one of the things that I was going to say is that we see love without the complications of the typical kind of violence uh, or or negativity that we might see on the screen many times. Yeah. Not that that's not a true de depiction. No. Uh, so but I'm don't not, we deserve like rom coms and things like that just, too? Just regular rom com. And so we see that they still have struggle, struggles, uh, trials, and tribulations, all that other type of stuff. But it's just not so combative. It's more like. Do I really like him? I mean, is this the kind of guy I could go for? Mm. I mean, and, and you're thinking it through. You know, is this worth it? All the all the things is is he being genuine? All that other stuff, but it's just not that combative, yeah. if, if, if you will. And so I really like that. And then we also see that these different couples with different goals for life and things that they want to do. So overall, I like this. The thing that, that um, I didn't love was I think that they tried to make Little Rail's character a little bit too funny. Um. I think he did a, a really good job, but I think that they gave him a, three jokes too many. Yeah. Is that if you're my best uh, gotcha. friend and we're talking about my love life, everything is not funny funny I mean, like not I'm my best friend my brother support, in this case man. but 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 everything is not funny funny and i i just wish they could have tightened up that 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 character a, a, a little bit but i think that because it was a little real that they said let's let's see how much humor we can we can pack in there and i don't think that they needed it my my rating overall is i think this is an interesting collection of people and photographs and it really provides this fuller picture of life and love i think it's revealing it's heartfelt and it's beautiful i'm giving this one three reels i hope that people will go out and see it it didn't do that well at the box office at number four only uh, 13 million and i'm hoping people will go check that out We've got our marching orders, y'all. Take in some photographs of black love with the photograph. The 1903 novel Call of the Wild is being brought to the screen by uh, Chris Sanders and Harrison Ford. Uh, we are getting another reimagining of this classic story. And you know what? I'm team dog here. You're team dog? That dog it's a very good dog. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really interesting that um, when you look at on, on the internet that cat and dog videos do so, so well. That's true. But dog movies don't really kill it at the box office. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that there's this niche for people that want to go see it because I hear them, oh, the doggy looks so cute yeah. and, and, and all that. This is a live action animation blend. Because they, uh, 
you know, it's it's a hybrid. Yeah. And so so what they are trying to do is also give the dogs facial emotions and expressions and and all of that. And the way this looks, I, I haven't seen it uh, other than the the trailer. But the way it looks, it looks good. It, it looks, looks really like good, they did a really right? good job. And I, I, the the story is really interesting. The story of a dog that that gets moved from one place to the next, and all of a sudden is in this environment where it has to be a part of a, a sled team mm. delivering delivering mail sure. and has to figure out its way just like a human you know that's how come we have these uh, it's like a coming of age story mm -hmm. you, you figure out how do you fit in what do you do and then at some point you become the leader Oh, the, of the pack? You become the, le rum, uh, rum. the, le the leader of the uh, <laughs> It's the leader of the pack. Right, you become the leader of the pack. You, you were talking about Harrison Ford a little earlier, and one of the things that's uh, interesting is that, that he was trying so hard to stay in that action, you know, virile man thing. But look, in this one, he actually embraces the fact that he's getting older, he looks older, and he looks good. He looks good in this. I think this. He is does good, really. I funny. think this is a really good part for him. Um, it makes sense, like the way that Harrison Ford is aging, and like all of the like mental images that we have of Harrison Ford from all of the characters that he's played before. This is the perfect kind of amalgam of all of those things. This is like uh, Han Solo and <laughs> Dude from the Fugitive. And Indiana Jones have all just decided to get off the grid. They're just over it. <laughs> to, 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 to get off the grid and let Hedgehog come in and, and run the day. But no, but but this is. I, I think this works for him. I, I I think it works. It will not be one of those movies that'll be a blockbuster movie. It is kind of this niche film that that people will will go see, and uh, it will not knock. It will not contend for the number one spot. Sure. You know, sure. Uh, it's, it's not, but but I think that uh, people who like dogs and like the story, you you read the book, correct? Yeah, in high school, I think we all had to read the book. In high yeah, school. so this is one of those classics, and so hopefully, uh, people who like dogs have read the classic. Mm -hmm. You can go and check it out, and I, I I think they did a overall. It seems like they did a pretty good job. All right, you heard it from the man called the Wild Worth Seeing. If you're into nature and dogs. And Harrison Ford. Uh, if Call of the Wild is not your thing, there's a good chance that maybe Emma will be. Uh, the Speaking of a, an adaptation of, uh, of a, an old book, this is the uh, 2020 comedy drama. It's directed by Autumn DeWilde. It's based on the 1815 Jane Austen novel of the same name. And you know what? As somebody who grew up uh, in a big old like PBS house, I'm a fan of these sort of period pieces. Tell us about this latest adaptation of Emma. It, it's really interesting is that I am actually tired of all these these period pieces. Yeah. I, 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 I just, I don't know. It, it, it's, they don't capture my imagination as, as we just do so There's many. so many. So, so many of them. But again, it's an, it's an adaptation. Uh, and it is starring... Anna Taylor, Anya Taylor Joy, uh -huh. John Flynn, Bill Knightley, and and it looks cute actually. Yeah, actually she uh, it's adorable. Anya Taylor Joy is actually 
um, seems kind. It seems she seems kind of funny, kind of witty. And so while while I just said that I get tired of these <laughs> pieces, this is one of those pieces where I think they 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 might have done this one right. Okay. Uh, what what's interesting to me is that if you don't want to go to the movie and see it because because um, uh, we are talking Chicago here, is that you can actually go and see this played at the Shakespeare Theater. Uh, yes, there's a there's an adaptation, a theatrical adaptation just happening right down the hall. Right right right, right down the hall. So so this is really uh, timely because you have two you can go see the play and you could go uh, see the movie. One of the things I want to ask you Jill is that mm -hmm. why do you like these period pieces? Uh, cuz they're easy to latch on to like the stories are always just so like easy. Boy meets girl, boy has a class issue with girl, girl cries into a very fancy pillowcase, discovers herself, and boy comes around eventually. Like, I don't need anything more complicated than that. Like, just the most complicated I need is it's like Downton a Abbey. Downton Abbey, where there's like, <laughs> honestly, at least now we're talking about like class and within a culture. And, uh, but this is, this is great. And also the clothes are cute. <laughs> you know, you know, and I think that one of the things that gets people real excited about these period pieces are the clothes. I do too. And that every year when you see these period pieces, they're always up for an Academy Award. Always. Yeah. It's because you really have to pay attention to detail and go back into that period. And then some of the pieces are, are fa absolutely fabulous. So I, I would agree with you there. And I think that that's part of the allure. I also think that this whole issue of that is simple. Yeah. It, it's true, too, because the, the, the stuff is not overly complicated. Yeah. It, You're it, like, oh, the worst thing that happened to this lady is that a, a letter that she tried to deliver maybe didn't get delivered. Or, 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 or that you fell in the mud oh, trying no. to get into the chariot. How, you know? how awful. And, 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 you know? <laughs> and so now all of a sudden you have to go and get changed and then he has to come and help you get changed. Mm -hmm. and, uh oh. Oh, See, no. What's going to happen? You know, so. <laughs> so. You know, as much as I say I'm tired of, maybe it's just because we see we see like two or three of these every year, um, but this one seems like this one would be worth worth checking out. I uh, hope that you are right, and you know what, I if anybody ever wants to make one of these, but with all black people, that would be fun. <laughs> I, I I I would love to just put on the clothes and be an extra. Why can't just, we just, just be in the clothes? Just be an extra. I, I don't I don't need to be in the front of the screen, but just allow me to be an extra, I'm not a servant. No. Just a not, in a top hat or something. An just aristocrat. A crat. Walking in the background. Mm -hmm. With with uh like a cane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the the top hat and the, what what's the thing? It's not a um it's not oh, a cravat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just just give me some of those clothes. All so, right. If you're listening, Hollywood, me and Reggie would like to be cast as an aristocratic black couple in your period drama about Victorian England. Make it happen. Hello. I mean, they already have two famous people leaving uh, England, so why don't they get two famous people uh, coming hello. back? No, we will do the opposite of the royal exit. <laughs> I will be your royal highness anytime. <laughs> Hello? King Reggie Ponder, everybody. 
His Royal Highness, thank you so much, Reggie. Where can people find you across you find the social me, media? Oh, yeah. On social media, you can follow me on Twitter at The Real Critic. That's R-E-E-L. Same thing for Instagram. And I have to say is that I got to get better with my Instagram. So I'm working on it, you guys. Um, you can also uh, check me out on my website at ReggiePonder.com and follow my podcast, which 